Episode 19, Mr. Carnegie would be proud. Hi, Dave and Jerry. Hey, Dave. Hey. It's Brian and Muskegon. How hey, you doing? Brian, good. How are you? Well, I'm, I'm somewhat sympathetic to your cause here because I went through the same surgery you're going through a few years back. All right. And uh, I think that I need to say something to our lovely Jerry. But she's right here. Well, you better put her on. She's right I'm here. here. All right, Jerry. I got to tell you something here. You know, this, this is Brian and Muskegon. You know me, and I love your show, and I've been listening to you for ages, but... For heaven's sakes, you don't say to Dave, don't be asking me this, don't be asking me that, don't be asking me the other when he's going into surgery. Now listen to me, my dear. It's don't ask me. Blow him off by saying don't ask me. The grammar was atrocious. <laughs> every day. You've been on radio for how long? If you're going to dismiss him in his hour of need, at least do it properly. Don't, don't, it's not, ask don't me. be asking me. Don't, don't be, be asking, asking me. me. It's don't you ask sound like me. a rap artist wannabe. <laughs> if you're going to leave him in pain, just you know, do it properly. Don't ask me. You're absolutely right, yeah, Brian. Don't say properly. Ask me not or something. <laughs> And I was an English major. That's <laughs> And I know you know better than that. She's from the South, Brian. What can we say? She's a hillbilly. And for you, Brian and Muskegon, don't be calling me. <laughs> 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 In every episode, hosts Dave Jagger and Don Nelson reach into their arsenal of decades of radio experience to entertain you with their most amusing, enthralling, and interesting stories. Suit up and get ready for today's episode. And we're back for another Radio War Stories. I'm Dave Jagger. And I'm Don Nelson. Ready to get into it, Don, because last week we talked about how people have no idea how the radio station makes money. I That used to be one of the... Number one questions I got all the time. How does a radio station make money? Donations. <laughs> In the form of advertising. Exactly. And uh, why don't you tell us your journey of, because more than anything else, I always appreciate people that have been on the air so they can understand a bit more what it feels like for the guys on the air when they moved into sales and or management like right. you did. Give me that journey. Well, it was fun uh, to begin with because I absolutely got shut down and virtually thrown out of my boss's office. I was doing mornings at WQUA, Quad and, Cities. And just kicking butt, right? Uh, good numbers. Yeah. And I went in and I said, I want to sell. And uh, Gila Byrne looked at me and said, go back to your cage. Uh, <laughs> and I said, no, I'm serious. I, I, I want to do sales. Yeah. He said, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to mix talent and sales. That's two different things. Not going to happen. So I said, okay. And in those days, you remember, if you were job hunting, you got Broadcasting Magazine. Oh, yeah. It came in every week, and I looked, and there were sales opportunities, and there was one at WSPD, the store station in Toledo, Ohio. So I get on an airplane. I go to Toledo. I meet with Reggie Martin. Why, I still remember that wow. guy's name. I have, <laughs> Good he for was, you. He was the GM. <laughs> he offered me a, a full-time sales job in Toledo. So I get back on the airplane, I go back into the boss's office, and I said, we have a, a moment of decision here. We're at a crossroads. He says, uh, what are you talking about? And I said, well, you know, I really want to go into sales. Don't go there, he says. Uh -huh. I said, well, if I don't go there here, I'm going to go there in Toledo, Ohio. Oh. And he said, what are you talking about? And I said, I got a job offer from WSPD in Toledo. And he sighed and looked at me and said, 
All right, and uh, yeah, if you really want to do that, uh, after your shift, after your on-air show, you can go out and uh, get a rate card. We're not going to give you any accounts. No, man. We're going to give you a list of all of the people you can't call on. And if there's anybody that's not on that list, knock yourself out. So that was... <laughs> Cold calling people that are, have never been on the radio station. But, of course, for me, the value was, having been on the air for a number of years, it was a great door opener. I walked in and said, hi, I'm Don Nelson from WQUA. And how well, old were you? I was about 22. Yeah, time, okay, so, yeah, but yeah. they probably had heard you on the air. Yeah, right, because, you know, I'd been around long enough to be doing that. And, yeah, it's like, yeah, come on in, talk. Yeah. Well, uh, I was able to get, you know, a decent amount of sales coming in off of that, considering I still had the, the full-time salary mm -hmm. coming in from, from the airship. How much commission did they give you? Uh, I think that everybody got 15%. 15, nice, that's still pretty yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was the way it worked. Yeah. And so the list uh, started getting a little better for me, and then, you know, as one sales guy left, the fact that I was doing a good job, I got a few of his, you know, yeah. when he left. And that kind of thing. By the way, that's interesting that I said a few of his, because in those days, the idea of a woman selling radio was unheard of, you know? Yeah. That didn't happen for another six, seven years. It was a good old boys club. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But uh, as this moved along, uh, I then uh, was moved into the position of sales manager. And, and you're still on the air. Uh, no, by this time, I, I, oh, okay. yeah, it's so all gone down. Yeah. Off the air it's about another down. another two, three years down the line. Oh, wow. so I'm about 25 wow. years old, and, and they make me sales manager. Is that your idea or G. Laverne's? Uh, that was his yeah. uh, on it, right? And and uh, the funny thing is, or the interesting thing is, uh, of the sales staff, I was the youngest guy. And now I'm the sales manager. <laughs> the oldest guy <laughs> was a, a wonderful man by the name of Phil Rosine. Phil operated for many years what was described what he called the world's biggest miniature department store. <laughs> it was an Army-Navy store, you know, where you could go buy oh, gas sure. masks and yeah. you know, all of those kind of yeah, things. Sure, old World War II stuff. You yeah, know. yeah. Well, well, Phil decided to get out of the retail business and came in uh, to, and got, got a job selling at WQUA. Now, the thing about Phil was he was an incredible sales guy. However, he never quite knew what he was selling, and the people who bought it never quite knew what they had purchased. And wow. I, I, I would get a call from, from, from one of his clients and say, Don, Phil was in here today, and he sold me something, and I have no idea what it is. And, and, and I'd say, hey, I'm sorry. I'll talk with Phil. And they'd say, oh, no, no, Phil's fine. Just tell me what I bought. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, hang on. I'll, I'll look it up and give you a call back. Oh, my gosh. Well, well that's a good, that is a good old boy kind of network, then. You're buying, and that's the basis of a lot of radio sales, any sales. You're buying more than likely you're buying for the personality that you enjoy working with. Right. So if you're a, an advertiser like that guy, all right, Phil's not going to do me wrong. He's always done me well in the past. Sure, right. You're because you're friends with that guy, and so you're, he's not going to screw you over. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, the funny thing, Phil took me under his wings. 
And uh, because he knew I was, you know, struggling, here I am trying to run a sales department, uh, yeah. and I'm the kid on the block. And so Phil would, uh, you know, say, let's go over and, and have a bowl of matzo soup for lunch. <laughs> and that was his favorite thing to do. And one of these days, I put out a, a package, an advertising package, you know, so many spots, so yeah, much of this, right. so much of that. Sure. And I priced the package at $325 a week, all right? Okay. Phil comes in and says, we got to talk. And I said, sure. I said, what? He says, clearly, you don't understand Jewish pricing. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? He said, there's no such thing as $325. Yeah, there's $324.99. No, he says, give it to me for $299, and I can ah. sell it in five minutes. There you go. That's $299. But yeah. if you're going to keep that sucker up there over $300, it's going to sit there until it rots. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Man. But, now, was this like a, uh, what do they call it, a ROS run of schedule uh, there was uh, middays, and yeah, did you break little, it down like that? Yeah, a all bit? of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So much in, the, in this show, so much in yeah, that show. Right. Da, 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 was it? Yeah. But having people on staff like Phil Rosine made my life incredibly easier because he had been there, he had done that, he was an incredible sales guy, and he had no compunction about calling me out. And he showed you the ropes. Yeah, absolutely. He showed you the ropes and called you out, and you just accepted that as a learning yeah. a, a learning thing then i decided i i, I needed a little sales education mm -hmm. so i i paid for the dale carnegie sales course ah, there you go which was pretty expensive yeah and you go in uh, two days a week at like eight o'clock in the morning and and they hurrah 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 you, you know and oh, they get yeah. you going oh yeah and uh, i had one guy that i had been trying to sell for over a year as a matter of fact, every radio salesman in the in the market had been trying to sell him, and he wouldn't buy. He had, a, had an appliance store with tons of co-ops, so he should have been on the radio constantly. Mm -hmm. But every time I would go into this guy and I'd start pitching, he would stare at his feet. And just about the time I'd get to the point where I'm, you know, going to ask for the order, he'd start shaking his head, no. And I would just wilt and leave yeah. you know it's like oh, yeah. oh yeah so went to one of these Dale Carnegie sales courses and we came out and the last thing they have you do is stand up and say I'm terrific I'm great I'm terrific I'm great I sure. can sell anybody you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I go barreling up to this guy's store and I make the whole <laughs> pitch and sure as heck just as I'm getting ready to ask for the order he starts shaking his head no and I said and we can start this on Monday what do you think and with his head still shaking no, he said, that sounds really good. <laughs> Turns out that was his buying signal. Shaking his head no. Right. When yeah. he was getting ready to say yes, he shook his head no. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, well, and I bet you uh, continue to have a good relationship with this guy. Oh, absolutely. He became you know, a star client. Yeah. Uh, but the, the whole trip uh, from off-air into sales for me was a lot of fun. It, it really was. And it's something that I, I learned to enjoy. We, we built up a great staff. Uh, we, we did extremely well, both in ratings and in income mm -hmm. uh, with these things. And so from that point on, I forgot about being on air because I was a sales you guy. You were a sales star at that point. Slash uh, sales manager. Manager. Yeah. And uh, you know, from that point on, uh, that became the driving force for my career. Uh, sales and sales management and, and, and so on out. But very few people realize that 
those commercials that you hear that you don't like that do get in the way and like I mentioned last week the 11 in a row uh, you know uh, they are the engine that drives the free radio that you listen to that's absolutely true and uh, one of the things that a lot of people also don't understand is that trying to sell an intangible like a radio commercial can be extremely difficult uh, when I the two years I spent in sales let me back up maybe a little over a year year and a half maybe was the most miserable part of my radio career because really? I had taken over, and I think I've told you this before, Don, a, a list of uh, clients who had unauthorized schedules running. <laughs> right. First, the very first client I walked into to talk about because his schedule was about to run out uh, was a hamburger, local hamburger guy, and he had three or four stores around the, the city and uh, in Victoria. And... I went in there and said, hey, your uh, schedule's about to run out. Let's talk about, you know, keeping this going, or maybe you want to make some changes on your copy or whatever. And he looked across the table at me, and I thought he was going to kill me. <laughs> I didn't authorize any schedule. I don't have any schedule running. What are you talking about? Oh, You'd better go back there, and you better get this stuff straightened out before you come back in. And, I mean, he just read me the riot act. Now... How do you think I did on my second call? I don't know that I made another call that day. <laughs> I think you probably made a call on the neighborhood pub, right? I wanted to. It was, I, I was just shaken. And as I went down the list to make my calls for this guy's list that I had taken over, more of the same. More and more and more. No, I didn't do that. Well, I remember doing one about two months ago, but I shouldn't have anything running now and on and on and on and on. Went back to my general manager, Bob, and he goes, oh, God. <laughs> That's all he could tell me. <laughs> so I didn't have a good time in sales. I wasn't terribly successful. I barely made enough to make my draw and uh, eventually uh, went back on the air. Well, you know, that the, the, we kind of skipped forward on why I, you know, at some point, at being on air and all of that and only working four hours a day so I could play golf and I could fly and I could do all that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, I wanted to go into sales, which was going to be a really long position. And what happened was I got off the air one day and I went out to the parking lot where all the employee cars are. And I walk over and I look at mine and I realize that all of the on-air staff were driving Fords and Chevys. Mm -hmm. And the sales guys had Buicks and Oldsmobiles mm -hmm. and Pontiacs. Uh, uh, and the, the, the manager had a Cadillac. <laughs> and the owner had a foreign car. <laughs> and it was at that point that the light bulb went off in my head. <laughs> hmm. Just by looking at their cars, I can tell who's making the money here. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? That, uh, my sales experience was horrible. Being on the air, the only thing I really, and, and once my wife and I, Jerry, got on the air together, and this is a terrible thing to do, but as, as the years rolled on and we moved to Michigan and, and got settled in there with our kids and stuff, we used to always call the salespeople sales pigs. Because that's all they wanted from, and once again, the from majority. The staff, right? Yeah, and the, and they didn't. Uh, the salespeople didn't understand once again what we did in that studio. Oh, they right. had no idea what was going on. I mean, they I, one time, and I sh we probably shouldn't have done this, but this uh, 
new hire came in. She just barreled into the studio. On light, on air light was on. She just comes in and and then she kind of freezes when she sees we're talking. Well, one of the things we hated was anybody in the studio trying to break our chain of thought about what we were talking about on the air. You know, I, I, that's like trying to go into a salesperson and interrupting their conversation while they're trying to make a sale. But they didn't quite get that. So anyway, we decided, and Casey, my daughter, was our producer at the time. She pulled this woman out. This girl was young, probably 25 or so, and just read her the ride act and made her cry. So, so Casey came back in and told us what she had done. And we said, you know what, let's do something a little bit different. Let's work with this girl. And so we brought her back in a couple of days later and whatever her name was, Linda, have a seat. We apologize for, you know, the other day. Uh, we just don't like anybody busting in into the studio while we're on the air. So this is what we're going to do. Have you made a sale yet, Linda? No, I haven't. All right, we're going to do this. You make that first sale. You come back into our studio, you tell us how much commission you're getting, and we'll match that commission on that first sale. Wow. <laughs> so she looked at us, and she had no idea what we wanted to talk to her about when we brought her in. And she goes, okay, all right, fine, I'll do that. I said, good. I said, good out there, you know, make your calls. When you make that first sale, let us know, and we'll be more than happy. And by golly, it wasn't very long after that she came back in. We had her back on the air. I don't think it, the commission was that much, maybe two or three hundred dollars. Right, it wasn't yeah. huge. So it wasn't, I mean, I knew she wasn't Of course, gonna, with your luck, it could have been the, the big bank in town. It, <laughs> yes, signing for a three-year contract or something. Yeah, that would have been bad. But uh, fortunately, we did that, and we just had a little fun. By the way, uh, I just have to go back a little bit because yeah. uh, when, when I mention a name of somebody who was so important to me in my career, like Phil Rosine, yeah. then the stories start <laughs> coming start back, back in my head. One of the most phenomenal things that Phil ever did, he was out, all of the other sales guys are at home because there was a blizzard. It was snowing like you mm. wouldn't believe. Mm. Phil goes in and makes a pitch to one of his clients to get him on the air right away. It was Service Rubber who made galoshes, right? Really? Yeah, in, in wow. Rock Island, Illinois. Dang. So the, the guy turns him down. Nah, we're not gonna do that. So Phil walks out and as, as he's going to his car, he, he's on the sidewalk and there is an alley and the, the wind is whipping through the alley and the snow is just coming through there like crazy. Mm -hmm. So Phil just stopped and he stood there until he got snow on his eyebrows, snow in his hair, snow all over his coat. He turned around, he went back into the guy at Service Rubber Company and he said, you know, that was such a great deal I offered you, I must have done something wrong. Tell me why you didn't buy. The guy took one look at him and said, I'll buy it. Get out of here. Get out of here. But but Phil was a mentor, just like Vern was a mentor. And that's what has made all of our businesses so great. And a showman to a certain. Oh, absolutely. Uh, to yeah. stand out there and yeah. just be covered with snow and to go back yeah. in and tell this guy. At this guy. point, he was about 65 years old. Okay, I mean, he was no kid. Mm -hmm. The 65-year-old guy standing in the snow so he can con this guy into buying the schedule. <laughs> what a great deal. What a great, great, great story. I remember uh, one of the things that uh, we used to go to some of these sales seminars and things, but one of the things they always talked about was try to get 
the buyer's attention as soon as you walk in. And I would imagine what Phil did there certainly got that oh, guy's absolutely. attention when he walked in. And you know, the funny thing, I, uh, it, it has been way long time ago when I took that Dale Carnegie sales course. Yeah. But the thing that I can still pop off from the top of my head constantly is the first thing they teach you, which are the five great rules of selling. Attention, interest, conviction, desire, close. So it covers the entire spectrum. You gotta get their attention, then you gotta stir up some interest, then you gotta convince them that it's a good deal, Mm -hmm. and then you have to make them really want it, and then boom, Boom. you got them. It's almost like our steps of service at the fruit stand. Yes, <laughs> Same yes. kind of an idea. Sure. Uh, a, a guideline to follow there. Mm-hmm. And everybody that's ever taken a Dale Carnegie course has always told me the exact same thing you just did. It's wonderful. It really helps you if you're going to go into sales. Who's the guy that did uh, sell the sizzle books and, and recordings? Oh, you remember Zig- that guy? Ziggler? Was Zig that? Ziggler, that's yeah, the guy. Yeah. Same kind of a thing. Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, sell that sizzle. Yeah. You know, make them want it. Make them want that steak because it <laughs> sounds and smells so good. You betcha. Well, that is a short course on what we did uh, for sales. I, I have to admit that uh, it was not my cup of tea, uh, but... Down the road, we eventually became friends with a lot of good salespeople and uh, sales managers. Uh, it, those young ones, uh, the ones that we gave the grief to, and you know, the ones that would walk in and say, "Here's an ear of corn that this company wants to give away." I think I told yeah. you that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a, a, that a was fried good. chicken place. Right. Yeah. yeah free fried chicken. Free, free ear, ear of corn. corn. Isn't that fun? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not <laughs> so uh, we'll uh, talk some more next week Don what do you think you think uh, we can come up with something next week I, I think we absolutely will even if if we have to scrape the uh, top of the um, uh, of the barrel <laughs> the top of the barrel absolutely we <laughs> thanks Don thank you Dave Thanks for listening to Radio War Stories. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Like us on Facebook at Radio War Stories and call in with your questions or comments here or on Skype. Skype at RadioWarStories.com. We look forward to hearing from you. See you next week.